Set Free Podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where we want you to be physically free, financially free, spiritually free, and mentally free. So thank you very much for returning. I'm glad to have you back with us. And I am now officially one week into uh, podcast episode number one. And I wanted to share a little bit of information with you. I'm pretty excited. I thank you all for listening. Um, I am, again, the numbers girl. So I've been looking at all these analytics and data. And again, I just want to thank all the listeners. Not only, of course, we have 90% listeners in the United States, but we have um, 10% of my listeners are outside of the continental United States. So we are now up to the Virgin Islands, India, Germany, France, Canada, the Netherlands, Puerto Rico, South Africa, and Spain. I really want to say thank you guys for listening. I don't know how else to reach out to you other than to say thank you here on the podcast where you heard me the first time. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of the reviews. I've gotten several reviews now and comments, lots of comments. Again, I'm going to find a way to recognize everybody who's reviewed and commented, and that will be coming up in a separate podcast. I've just started to gather it. But... To get right to the meat of our topic today, we will have a discussion today. Um, I'm going to move to the topic of claims. Last week we did credit, this week we'll do claims, or not claims, insurance, excuse me. We're gonna do insurance. And in insurance, this topic is gonna be based on um, kind of sales versus claims. So what happens when you make the decision to buy the policy and what you're buying on your policy versus what happens when you have a claim and what's covered and what's not covered. And we'll also include some um, little did you know facts, maybe things that we just wanna point out um, that people kind of miss, either the purchaser missed or your agent may miss or you bought online and you just missed it somewhere online. So this is gonna be another informative um, episode. We're trying to give some information. And my next insurance um, podcast will be about life insurance. I'm going to do, I'm going to dedicate one whole show to life insurance. There'll be many shows to life insurance, but this one will be dedicated mostly to just property and casualty claims. So now today, again, I'm not here by myself. I have a very special friend with me. Um, He also has worked in insurance before and he's a very close friend of mine. So I know him as Wayne the Farmer. And if you follow me on Facebook, you've probably seen him on my page. I've shared some of his, um, his posts. I buy his products. So I'm very happy to have Wayne Swanson here with me from Swanson Family Farm. But I'm going to let him give a brief introduction of himself um, on the insurance side. So while he's here today representing insurance, I want him to tell you where he's worked before, how long he's worked there, his... Um, his background with insurance, what he did, what positions he covered. So Wayne, welcome Hello. to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having coming. me. Yay. And congratulations on your one week. Woohoo! One week. <laughs> Proud of you. Congratulations. Uh, so we'll get right to it. I started my insurance career in 1997 with Progressive Insurance. I was a claims adjuster. I became a manager with Progressive Insurance left Progressive Insurance and went to Traveler's Insurance in 2007. I was a uh, manager with uh, Traveler's Insurance. Let me see what I did at Traveler's. Traveler's, I started their loss of value department or cleaned it up. It really wasn't a real department before I got there. Um, I also handled liability claims, um, handled property claims, commercial claims, and eventually started a what we call a complaint resolution desk, wow. um, where I went into more of like train the trainer. Uh, I did a lot of. Um, they brought you in as a cleanup. Yeah, yeah. no, that's exactly cleanup what man. <laughs> we gonna move in, you around everywhere. In some spots, when I go to a team, like half of them would quit. They were like, "You gonna fire us anyway?" <laughs> the cleanup so, man is here. <laughs> so, I'm gonna self-select myself out of this process. Yeah, and then some people I had to say, hey, do you, you, you need any surgery or anything? Because you probably should just go do a oh, bunch of stuff. I'm go. willing to give you some leave time if you Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But it was, it's, um, it was a great career, so it allowed me to be Farmer Wayne. Okay. Um, it taught me a lot. I was um, blessed to come in on a lot of these companies 
progressive, um, particularly before it blew up and became a phenomenon. Mm. Uh, it went from non-standard to standard to progressive for a good decade was a beast all in of itself. Yeah, and they're top, absolutely top 10. These uh, yeah. maybe even higher than top 10 at this point. The training, the education is what set progressive apart. Uh, and the, just the sheer audacity that we had in trying to hit goals and to change, we changed the entire face of claims, the speed in which we did things, the accuracy in what we did things, the number of mistakes we made. Right. I mean, we made a ton of mistakes, so but we learned I a was ton. hit by a progressive driver last year. And it was a great claims process. <laughs> it was a really good claims process. So, If, if Progressive didn't earn anything, um, we earned, I say we because I cut my teeth with Progressive. I feel like that's always been my home. But we earned the right um, to be labeled as the best claims handling company in America. Um, I think Travelers did some things better, but Travelers was smart enough to rob a lot of Progressive superstars. Mm and bring them over and then what they call it, travelerize you. Um, just a different level of service, just like yeah, you would if you go to like a, like a Chubb. Mm -hmm. uh, Chubb is much different than Chubb USAA and how they handle claims exactly. are much different than, than Progressive. So. All right. So you were working with Progressive and you were working with Travelers. And after Travelers, okay. I stepped back in, I'm not going to say that. After Travelers, I went to Nationwide, Nationwide Insurance. Okay. Um, by then, I knew I had a business of my own, and I kind of knew I needed to step away from all the leadership roles. So I took a role with uh, Nationwide as what we call a material damage manager, okay. where it was my job. I managed a crew of adjusters who handled um, car accidents. Okay. And I did that and managed a couple shops and did that before I went off and Became Farmer Wayne, but insurance allowed me to do all the stuff I'm doing now. All right. So he's got a lot of experience, guys, on the claim side. You just heard all that. I mean. He, and I was an independent agent. And independent. Okay. So he's done more than I've done. I've only been on the sales side for the most part, whether I was doing sales directly or management and training. So um I'm going to speak a little bit more to the sales and the customer side, and he's going to speak a little bit more to the claim side. Hopefully we cover um, a bunch of information that's just either not standard or kind of gets overlooked. Yes, just kind of pointing out some things to help make everyone's life a little bit easier. Okay, let's go. So um, I'm going to use a couple of examples just to start. These examples I'm bringing up right now have all happened in the past seven days. So <laughs> these are real customers. I will leave their names out of this, but these are scenarios that have happened just in the last seven days. So first we're going to start with, um, the most recent one was the motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. So I had a client had a motorcycle. Um, she was a little frustrated that what she, kind of motorcycle she had a Harley Davidson it makes a difference in, in the claims world. Yes. Even in who handles that claim. Yes. And, but hers was kind of basic. She just was frustrated where she'd never, I guess, realized that auto accidents and auto claims are handled on an actual cash value. Yes. So, you know, she just in her mind or whatever, a misinterpretation, she felt like she should get a hundred percent value of the motorcycle. And she never even discussed what she thought a hundred percent value. Was it the loan amount or I don't know what it was, but she just felt like the actual cash value was not fair to her. So this is a total loss. It was a total loss. Okay. And I tried to explain to her that auto claims are always handled on an actual cash value Correct. basis. You know, there was really nothing she could have necessarily added to it to make it a replacement cost. Correct. Um, so what, what do you want to say first, <laughs> uh, on that? First thing I would say is that Harley customers never hear the first answer. Okay. They are Harley customers. Um, the passion and the time they put into their vehicles yes. is second to none. Uh, there are a lot more custom bikes now than when I was handling uh, motorcycles. There weren't as many custom bikes, mm -hmm. but they don't hear. And it's, it's not anything personal, but hardly people know that if they bought a book bag and they sold the book bag, the book bag would lose value. Harley customers know that if you buy a pickup truck and drive off the lot, it's lost value. the pickup truck has lost value. 
but when you have a customer that has a custom bike, even if it's just a soft tail, that's a standard bike, but they put their own saddlebags on it, that vehicle is worth more than any bike that has ever been produced, and they believe it. I, and this is, I don't know if that's just for Harley clients. Well, Harley clients are a, well, a yes. little bit different. So you upper echelon. Upper echelon. Yes. They tend to be bosses themselves. Yes. They tend to understand contracts, collectors. collectors and, so yeah. you have to have the right person handle that claim. And a lot of it is the policy. So when you have a Harley person, I, I, I actually train my adjusters. That is not a phone call conversation. That is a you need to sit at their living room table or at Starbucks and go through the policy right. before you settle the claim. Sit down with them and explain them, explain to them how the claim is going to be evaluated, what you're going to do. Or you get that bike moved to one of our preferred locations so that we guarantee the repairs. Uh, and if it's a total loss, when you get the evaluation back, send them the evaluation. Allow them to gather their documentation to retort right. the documentation. Don't try to pin that client down. That client is not going to get pinned down. And all you're going to do is make an adverse relationship. And that's what kind of happened. Yep. Because then we get the call. Yep. He said this was only worth this and this was only worth that. And I am not a hard, I'm not a motorcycle drive rider or a Harley owner. So a little bit goes over my head. But I'm Claims the best hands. I can do is tell her it's actual cash value because. You don't have to tell her that. The policy does. So your That claims- sounds practical your claims adjuster has to sit down in that situation and go even if you're doing it by phone or by skype however you want to do it there are certain clients you have you cannot take shortcuts there are going to be some clients that you know you can get away with a two-minute phone call balance that out with your harley customers you're going to have to sit down and go page by page highlight the specific language highlight where it says actual cash value comma or parentheses acv right that's what acv is and explain the definition and some of it we just can't overcome honestly it's if it's your baby it's your baby there is it nothing is. that's like talking to me about my child and telling me i don't have the smartest daughter in the world right she's but my you, baby and i don't see, care that she got the c average if you <laughs> see a video of your child up at the pencil sharpener all day and then they say she has a c average right. you're less apt to respond or retort with anger. Right. Right. So when I bring that policy to you and I know th- this is where the claim side goes wrong. You have to be a salesperson. Yeah. You are, you are resell- a salesperson. No, you, you are, are selling, reselling the, the policy. Settlement, right. So you have to come and say, hey, look, here's what we have in your policy. I don't control that. If I'm going to give you everything that I can within the limits of this policy. If there's anything that you find that we made a mistake on, I guarantee you I'm going to get it fixed for you. Now, I'd hope that the adjuster went over everything prior to sitting down, having that conversation. But it's the adjuster's job to sell the settlement. Absolutely. It's it's not your job. You sold the policy. It's the adjuster's job to sell the settlement and not sell the agent out. So you have to use those examples I used about the cars. Mm -hmm. It's still an item. I know you love the item. It's going to decrease in value the moment you put up. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the challenge comes in. I mean, especially when people have, you know, my car, my car is that get me to A to B. I don't care that much. I don't wax it every Saturday. I'm not the person, but I work with people that, love their vehicles they love them and they take pristine care of them and yeah we know it increases the well it helps it retain some of the value more than another one but it still depreciates so that is the conversation because harley people specialize their bikes they do but from our policy in particular Mm -hmm. we have a limit to the customized vehicle endorsement right so you can put $25,000 $25,000 worth of stuff on your policy, on your bike. We have a limit. So at that point, when I do talk to the clients, I have to tell them, you may put 25, 30,000, but all I can offer you, there is no way around it. 
on our policy, it has a limit, and that's all you're going to get. And you know I have more to. Important what? Than all the coverage, time. The reason that those endorsements, limited endorsements, come into play is because there were claims where we had to have a whole motorcycle division. Oh, wow. And those Harley claims would go on for months. Yeah. Because I didn't know you could buy so much stuff for a motorcycle. Oh my seats. And then the reset. And handlebars. So they they wanted everything and back. And we're like, no, we're going to pay you for this. Right. Then we we're going to get, to get it, it. And then we're going to salvage it. Exactly. We can't salvage that because I got the leather from my grandmother's I couch. I know. Which one do you want? Yeah. Which one do you want? <laughs> which one do you so, want? So, yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So, let's Sell move it. on to something else since we're in the area talking about salvage and resale. Um, okay. So what I want to point out to everybody listening, because I try to catch clients before this, before they purchase the car. Um, I've, I've tried to help with help customers with this one before. And that is the actual, um, uh, gap insurance. Yes. So gap insurance, everybody, please listen to me. I am a math person. Okay. I want the numbers to make sense. I want you to save money and I want you to have the best experience because I I'm dealing with this. Gap insurance, please buy gap insurance from your insurance company on your insurance policy. Please. Now, there's a couple reasons. First of all, I'm going to start with the money reason. I'm going to say why that's better financially to buy it from your insurance company. Most customers, and even if you don't, whether you pay for your insurance six months in full, 12 months in full, or whether you pay monthly, when you buy gap insurance from your insurance company, you're only paying for the gap however you pay for the policy. So you're paying additional, you know, three to seven dollars a month. It varies based on the vehicle, but you're only paying three to five, seven dollars a month to add the gap insurance to your policy. Let's say you total the car out after a year. Let's say you trade the car in after two years. Let's say you just give the car away to somebody, a family or a friend or somebody. At that time, you stop paying for the gap insurance. You get rid of the car, you stop paying for the gap. So whether you totaled it in six months and you only paid, let's say $5, make it easy. Six months times $5 is $30. You only paid $30 for the gap insurance. Your loan is fully paid off. Whatever you owe, the gap insurance is going to pay the full amount, not the actual cash value. And you actually only paid $30 for this coverage. Versus... And, and we're not going to fight you. Wayne, do they, your previous companies, do they fight you with the gap insurance? No. When we see gap insurance, most times we stand up and twirl or sing or holler. It makes everybody's life go, easier. <laughs> Client is happy. Claims adjuster is happy. And the agent is happy that we don't have to have these discussions later yes. on. But, okay, so $30. You total the car after six months. You only pay 30 bucks. When you get the gap insurance from the dealership, they charge you an upfront fee yep. for the full, I don't even know how they calculate it, but it's for the length of the loan. Yep. So 500, 750, $1,000, whatever they charge. I, I, I remember seeing 500 and that was a long time ago, but you pay $500, they tack it onto your loan. That means you're financing it, you're paying it every month, you're paying interest on it. It's gonna be more than what we're charging you already. Um, so you're paying more and then you do total the car or you trade the car in. You're still paying the full 500 because you got to pay that loan off when you get get rid of the car, total the, whatever happens. So you've paid the full fee for the gap insurance where you could have just put it on your insurance policy. On the, I'm gonna make a note on the claim side. They mm -hmm. prorate that. They do. They do prorate. OK, your that's gap good insurance. to know. Yeah. So do you, you won't if you and the biggest one you see this on is you buy a brand new car. Mm hmm. And 60 days out, you total it. I mean, a car with 50 miles on <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. You total it. The actual cash value is in the tank because you drove it off the. So you're, say it's a $60,000 vehicle, you're $20,000 in a hole oh at the next red light. If, if you don't understand that. My car was hit at 30 days old. Yeah. I had a brand new car, 30 days old. So <laughs> if you paid the 500 for, and you're financing the 500, the car lot or the, a finance company is going to prorate it based on what you've used. Good. That's yeah. good to know. But the other side of it, I had a customer that had a total loss and had the gap coverage from the dealership. I've only dealt with it firsthand myself one time. Mm -hmm. They took my client through so much Did they? 
Yes. They and and they only communicated. I don't. It was a, a non-standard type company. They would only communicate with the client via mail. All the paperwork they would send there was never a phone number. That's an anomaly. All, yeah, it was all via mail. And the thing they we had to prove that he had never been late on his insurance payments. Then he had to prove. Yeah, he, they made him go through all these. And That's so, a buy here, pay here place, huh? It must have been. It took a long. So he had to keep making payments on the vehicle because we paid our portion off. Right. You know, we, the car, he owed 20000 Maybe we paid 15000 of it. Right. So our $15,000 check went to the bank. Yeah. And then he's making continuous payments because he still owed $5,000. Oh, that's going to affect him being able to get another loan. Yeah. It's going to affect him down at DMV because he still has a title he's yeah. got to deal with. Yeah. yeah. That's a, well, so I don't know if that was normal. That was the only firsthand experience I had. Okay. Every time that I've had gap insurance, um, you know, like I said, everybody skipped and danced. Mm-hmm. And we, my team called before they took total loss away from us. Mm-hmm. My team would call the lien holder directly. We'd like, we'd be at your house and the car totaled. Mm-hmm. We'd say, hey, you have a lien on it? Yeah. Who's it? Nissan Finance. Okay, let's call Nissan. Hey, Nissan, this is a total loss. You guys, can you confirm gap coverage? Sure. Text me, email me, fax me. We got it. Okay. Here's what we're going to do in a total loss. Here's the claim number. Can you go ahead and get this rolled? So you can get total loss directly from your financer, which is yes. probably better. Yes. His could not have been with his financer. Yeah. His must have been placed with another third Title party. Yeah. I don't know who, but it was not a pleasant experience trying to prove to them that he had made good payments. I couldn't even understand why they cared how how well he made his insurance That's payments. So what unusual. it had to do with his gap coverage. Yeah, they didn't want to pay it. Yeah, they didn't want to pay. They it. had him in a bad spot. And sometimes it's the other the beauty of a total loss. And I'm looking at it from the standpoint of say nobody was in the car and somebody hit your car while you were in the house at mm-hmm. night. Is that from a credit rating standpoint, your credit will be improved by the car being paid off. Immediately. Yeah. Yep. So gap insurance is a way to help your insurance, I mean, your credit score improve because Mm -hmm. you went from like, I don't do, even though I pay stuff all fast, I'm going to take the longest amount of time you can give me to get the note as low as possible. Right. And then I'll pay it off on my own terms. But the faster you pay it off, the The better it's going to look at your credit rating. You can get a better car or you can uh, have, put yourself in a better position to get a better interest rate next go around. Right. So one of yeah. the things I always think, so we gap, buy gap insurance. Buy gap. Buy it, buy it, buy it. And I still think it's better for the insurance company for you to purchase it. Um, uh, I think it's better for everybody. And keep in mind, insurance adjusters are people too, right? right? Well, I'm just saying then you're only working with one person to settle it out right. versus having to work with the insurance company, the, the, um, the finance company, whoever they bought it from. It just gives you one place and makes it much easier and faster. But here's a little insurance hack. Okay. Insurance people are people too, right? So they don't want to. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to do a lot of hard work. So when the total loss people see that you have gap coverage, they're going to jump right on your claim because it's not a hard push. Right. All they got to do is get the evaluation done get the evaluation to you, and there ain't even a negotiation. Right. They're going to hit you with, hey, you got gap coverage. We're happy. Here you go. This is what we'll pay. We'll go ahead. We can get this over to your lien holder right away. You have gap coverage. So it's a win for the adjuster, the client, the agent, and the bank. Just think about this. We're all happy. You got two total losses, one car with gap insurance and one Harley Davidson with a bunch of stuff on it. Which one do you think that adjuster is going to jump on first? Exactly. You want to help yourself? Buy the gap insurance. the gap. Okay, so I hope that was a, a good informational for everybody. Get the gap, especially if you're buying a new car because you're right. going to lose value right off the lot. Get the gap. It's worth it for a couple dollars a month. Yep. All right, do you have anything? I have, I have a list of them, but I'm going to give you a chance to jump in. Is there something else? Okay, keep going. All right, so this, this one seems like it should be pretty basic. We, full, full coverage. Uh-huh. What does full coverage mean? What does full coverage cover? Co- full coverage Full Comp and collision is a myth. Just it's a myth, but let me t- full coverage only covers your car repairs. That's it. There's nothing extra that comes with full coverage other than your car was damaged, however, and we're going to repair it. What does not come with full coverage is rental car and emergency road service. I forbid my team from saying a word. 
We don't say it, You're Wayne. You're not allowed to say it. People, Team Wayne. Team people Swanson. People call us and say, I want full coverage. We're not offering them you know full coverage. You know what I instructed my people to say? <laughs> we have full coverage. There's no such thing as full coverage. You only are covered up to the limits of policy that you purchased. Let's talk through it. Okay. No full coverage. They don't, they don't hear that. They hear it. Full coverage is my car is fully covered. That, that's what that means in America. So, full coverage means my car is full. It's right there in the title. Full coverage. I'm fully covered. Yeah, that's, that's why, what they think. That's why I won't let them say it. No oh, full coverage. Man. So what, what do you need? So if you've had a loss, do think about what you needed car? after your loss. You have to go through it one time to understand it. So this conversation helps you. If you've never been in a car accident, I can assure you if you are gainfully employed, if you have a child that is active in some type of extracurricular, or if you have a loved one that has a medical condition, you will need a replacement or rental vehicle. Rental vehicles, you've rented a car before you go on vacation, you're not going to rent a car for $20. You're not going to rent a car for $30. If you got to take Mima to dialysis, you got to take little Johnny to baseball and Sarah to T-ball or swimming lessons. You need room to put all that stuff in the car, all the bags. Get the highest amount. I don't care if you have a Toyota Prius. Get the highest amount of rental coverage your pockets can allow. Because the rental companies are going to upsell you anyway. They're going to try. And you're going to be like, oh, you know what? We do have to go. It's getting close to Thanksgiving. I got to ride everybody. Can we just start? Get the rental car. Can we just get you to get the... Yes. Yes, buy the coverage get the the most you can afford i suggest starting out at 50 bucks because even now people who have more than one vehicle in the household so some people don't have to have the rental car they have three cars and they have two drivers they have the extra car in the driveway i still have it come back to me sometimes because it was the suv that was in the accident and the other two cars are sedans and your example we can't fit all the batting equipment in the back. We can't fit all the, you know, whatever we're transporting in the back. But when they bought the policy, we've got three cars. If one's in an accident, we've got two cars and two drivers. I still say use your rental car coverage. Um, you're, you're, so I I've have had, rental car and I have more than one vehicle. But so do I. it's hard to get the people to do and this. And I've done this with people and I tell them, you are paying for this coverage. Do not throw money out the window. Take the extra time, go down to the rental company. Get your rental. Get the rental. You paid for it. Here it is right here. It says $30 a day for $900 or until your claim is settled. Yep. Get the rental car. It's Even if you just set it down, you paid for it. So rental car does not come with full coverage, which Wayne is trying to explain to us all that there's no such thing as full coverage. Right. Rental yes. car does not come. Gap does not come with it. Emergency road service does not come with it. These are all extras, extras for not a lot of money. Pennies, actually. Yeah, it's not a lot Pennies of money. A year. Just save yourself the headache and go ahead and get the coverage. So, so. In, in Atlanta, I tell people you always want rental car coverage, towing coverage, mm-hmm. medical payments coverage. Never, ever, listen to me, never, ever, ever refuse uninsured motorists. Always get uninsured motorists and always get... Uh, additional endorsements for extra things. Right. We've all got devices. Get whatever you can and double cover yourself because you're not going to get much for those devices. But at least you get something for the pennies that you're putting in. Yeah, and I really, just next time you call or speak to your agent or you know wherever you have your insurance, just look at the option of how much additional it costs to get these endorsements it really it does not cost you as much as you think so people always want to say i want to save money i want to save money i want the cheapest that's the favorite word i want the cheapest i can get just to be legal but just click the option or just ask the agent how much more would it cost for me to just get a b and c well that's another good point um talking about limits policy limits Uh, liability policy limits state minimum from the next level up from us literally Five to ten dollars a month yep. difference for double the coverage. And you need to look, especially if you I have a nineteen year old son, and he has an 08 G six. Mm-hmm. He's got one hundred, three hundred on his car. Mm-hmm. 
because people around us have Porsche Cayennes mm-hmm. and they have Lexuses and these trucks, pickup trucks that are worth $70,000 that you didn't know mm-hmm. pickup trucks could cost that yep. much. And if he hits them and he's liable, you owe. I owe to repair or replace that vehicle. Anything beyond our coverages, I am responsible for as a person. So get the most coverage you can, especially if you're in a big city or if you live in a neighborhood where everybody has really nice cars, but you hadn't bought your teenager a really nice car. Teenagers hit things. Oh, yeah. Be prepared. (laughs) Teenagers have accidents. Yes. All right. So I hope that tidbit helped. Just check it out. Check it out before you say, I want the cheapest possible. Just see that it's only going to cost you a couple of extra dollars. It's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of headache and maybe a lien or a lawsuit against you. That's a big difference. All right. So let's go to now. I'm going to skip over to um, home a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. So a couple things that come up with me for homeowners. Jewelry, gems, watches, collectibles, all these little items that sometimes you have coverage with the basics of your policy, but there are limitations on it. And you ask people, do you have a so-and-so collection? Do you have high-end jewelry? Do you have, I think only every now and then I get clients that, I don't know if they don't want to tell me because they don't want me to know. Or they don't want to tell me. I'm not really sure why some people don't disclose things up front sometimes. But So what I find, it's a thing we call the pit bull theory, right? Okay. People have this big dog. Oh. You, we see this big dog. But you tell us it's a cocker spaniel. So when you get an issue with that big dog, you're not covered because you told us it was a cocker spaniel. You needed pit bull coverage. Right. Jewelry. The same way we can, with the way social media works, once I get your name, first thing we do is pull you up on Facebook. Oh, we, yes. First thing we do is pull you up. We've discovered quite a many fraud claims via Facebook. First thing we're going to do is pull you up just to see what you have. So the word of the day after we get past the pit bull thing, and we'll talk about the dogs, is scheduling. Schedule all of your jewelry so that you can get an additional endorsement. Or get an excess policy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a few years since I've been doing this, but I think the most they're going to pay is $5,000. Oh, that's a that's a lot. Ours, our basic is $1,500 per item oh. <laughs> with a $2,500 aggregate total. Well, So you're going to pass it. $2,500. Yeah. That's it. So if your watch and my ring got stolen and we put big money into them, all we're getting is twenty five. Schedule it. Let your, your, your agent is here to help you. And if you play the hide-and-seek game with your agent when you need that help, because mm-hmm. I don't know what America you live in, but I don't know anybody who hasn't had something stolen from them. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Schedule it so that you can get the proper coverage so that you don't have to call your agent back upset. Right. And I would, if you want, I would like to talk about the dogs. Okay. So we can make sure. So, yeah. Are. I mean, I ask, and sometimes I hear hesitation. Like, you know there was an answer there, but they don't necessarily want to share it with me for whatever reason. And all I can do is ask the question. It's on the application. I have to mark it as answer. Yeah. So even though I don't necessarily always believe the answer, and I don't know why I'm not getting the truth, I got to mark it down. And when the claim happens... So let me, I'm going to give you an example of what happens when you don't tell Kai that you have $100,000 worth of jewelry at your home and it gets stolen. One of the questions I'm going to ask you is, do you have any outstanding unpaid debt? Mm, Yes. I need to see all of your credit card bills. I need to see your car note. I need to see your house note. Are you behind on anything? Because now we are assuming that since you had $100,000 worth of jewelry and you didn't schedule it, now we think that you are trying to steal. You're trying to defraud us out of money. So we're going to go through and check all of your stuff Mm, before we pay you. you It is absolutely going to tick you off. And I can assure you, the internet is not your friend. It's our best friend. 
Because I'm going to say, well, look, I see that you went to Vegas. You zoomed in on this picture. Right. And, <laughs> and I don't we see, see you had the ring two years ago. Or I don't see you. When do you wear this ring? Oh, uh, other side of it. I, you know, I saw you in Vegas. I saw your pictures there. I saw you at the anniversary party. Where, where was this ring at? Where's the watch? Where's the car? And even with um, theft claims for cars, I'm going to come to your house and say, open your garage. You don't know how many times a claim has ended right there. Oh, let me tell you my funny story with that. Old school, the big projection TVs, mm -hmm. we had the big screen, we yep. on that big stand or whatever. We had a client kept filing fraud claims. We knew they were fraud, but, you know, we're having problems. The first time, at least, it was kind of hard to prove it, even though we suspected. Uh, the second time, big projection TV again, stolen out of an apartment, you know, high, high value TV. And he only lived in an apartment, which is already kind of questionable. But the claims adjuster showed up at his apartment <laughs> and knocked on the door and said, hey, yeah, you know, got all the information before they got there. The apartment, he said, you know, describe your apartment, second floor, first floor. You know, I asked him when the guy answered all these questions and he said that he had carpet. He said, oh, well, where was the TV sitting? Oh, in the living room? Is your living room carpet and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the imprint? What? Showed up at the apartment unannounced, knocked on the door, came in, guy answered. He said, okay, can you show me again where the TV was, that where it got stolen from? <laughs> no imprint in the carpet. He was like, okay, you, you said it was stolen just last Friday, Tuesday, whatever day it was. You know, it was only a couple days later. And he was like, there would be an imprint on the carpet if this TV had sat here for the last one to two years. Yes, ma'am. And the claim ended there. So I generally ask people, it's like, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but human beings have a modus operandi. We tend to do the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. There aren't new ways to steal. <laughs> so okay. if you have a company that is 120 years old, that has kept a database of claims, you're not going to invent a new way to steal. Yes. I'm going to study everything that's going on. And in my case, I was blessed enough that they kind of sent me to a behavioral scientist class or behavior science class. You're watching for signals. So I'm watching. If you blinking, if you're looking down into the left, if you're looking down to the right, I'm seeing whether you're open, I'm seeing whether you're closed. Um, you know, you get it. Then you just get to a point that you just kind of have an idea. And I'm always amazed at the people who could just who get everybody. And you're like, man, I just knew that person was telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And it's just a gift that some people can lie and steal. But we look at everything. Um, I've had claims where I think I was telling you just uh, I just happened to be at the YMCA oh. playing ball. And I was like, man, this guy looks familiar. And then once I figured it out. I just went off to the side, watched him play, and as he was coming off the floor, I just gave him my card. <sighs> and they just have your lawyer call me. We don't need to talk about right. it. Just have him call me. We'll get this yeah, thing it, settled. Some of those stories are, are interesting. So, yeah, I'm on sales side, but we, we have claims meetings. Claims adjusters mm -hmm. come in. Uh, another funny one. Claims adjusters got the numbers mixed up. He was representing one person, you know, our claimant. Then there was another claimant, and he accidentally called the wrong number and asked for the other party thought he was calling our insured and he accidentally called the claimant's number thinking it was our insurer's number. He just got it mixed up. Right. But when he, <laughs> when he asked for our insured, um, the insured said, Oh, so-and-so my cousin. Oh yeah. He's not with me right now. So we had no idea they were related or right. knew each other. And so, yeah, that was a red flag and a little more searching that claim ended up being dropped as well yeah we, had, we used to carry you know everything's electronic but we used to keep claim withdrawal slips oh wow and we you would say, sign it right now yeah hey would you like to withdraw your claim yeah um because otherwise we're going to turn it over to our special investigative unit and at progressive our special investigative unit was all ex-cops all investigators yeah so like theft police not like the murder police but guys who that's what their job was. And then they right. decided, well, you know, nobody shoots at you in insurance. We can go over here and have a good... <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> it's a whole lot easier. So when you hang out with them, and then when you work in the city, the blessing of my career is Atlanta. Really? Oh, my goodness. Because Atlanta has people from Brooklyn, 
Oh, it's got people from, from LA. Yeah, it's got people from Canada. It's got people from Trinidad and Tobago. You got people from everywhere. Everybody's trying to get something. So you get to see all the hustles. Every angle. And see, I don't, I don't see this part. Of yeah, course, on the sales side, it. you don't see. I'm, I, it, obviously, I pick up on things sometimes yeah. in the application. Like I said, sometimes you can people hesitate. You ask the most basic question, they kind of hesitate. Okay, what was the hesitation on spell your first name? Right. You've had this first name your whole life, right? That like you didn't change your first name last week. So obviously, I can pick up on things initially, but well, just to keep in mind now the speed of which information flows. So when I started in 97, you can give me a whole different person's name. Right. And we wouldn't, we'd insure you and carry you for oh, years. Oh, sure would. That's the TV guy. Right. The TV guy. He, um, what was it? He had a light, a driver's license from one state, but his car was registered in a, in another state. He had ID and identification from all over the place. Yeah. Like nothing matched. And we were in Las Vegas. So his license was Texas. Yeah. His license plates were Oklahoma. His everything was That's like, a red so, flag. Yeah. yeah, he had a lot going on. So it was amazing that you have and we had the and then if the if an agent was involved, the jacket would always be missing. Or, you know, coffee would be on it or something to dis disturb the paperwork. Oh. So before before everything became electronic, when I first started, if I thought, say you told me, uh, oh, wow. well, Wayne had my car. You just pull this page out of it really right. quick. <laughs> we'll be missing. And you, so Wayne has a terrible driving record. Wayne has what we call an SR-22. Mm -hmm. He's a person who should not be driving. I got three DUIs. And here I am in your four-ton pickup truck, which means I can cause well, severe high, yeah, damage. High risk. And I get to, I cause another accident, and the uh, claims adjuster comes to you and says, what was Wayne doing driving your car? He only drove it one time. Just that one time. Okay. Well, then you go to the policy jacket, and they ask, was Wayne on the policy? And you said yes. And then the, and then the, and then the agent decides to do a little bit of background info and be like, oh, wait a minute, this guy's got an SR-22. We're going to pay out a bunch. And tampers with the paperwork. Um, that happens a lot in material misrep claims. Right. So I remember before everything was electronic, I remember it being paper. Mm. We used to keep the applications. Yep. We used to keep the appraisals for the jewelry. Um, so I think back then I was more involved with claims. I yep. remember talking to claims adjusters a lot more. Not so much now. Usually when it's a red flag, that's when we're or questionable. Right. Then we get called. But yeah, back in the day, you're right. We used to keep appraisals. I had and the it, appraisal. I had the pick. We had to physically have pictures. Then you had to go get an appraisal on the appraisal. Oh, you yes. couldn't just take it at right. face value. Right. You had to send it out. You had a group of uh, jewelers that you dealt with and you'd send them and say, hey, what do you think about this? And then they'd say, yeah, you know, that's spot on or no. You know, Johnny and them over there, they everything's huge. Zarconius or whatever you call them. Glass. Goodness. So, yeah, but it, it made the claims adjuster sharper, which allowed us to make sure that the customer got information, which I think then pushed the customers to be sharper and made the customers push on the agent. So it's a big circle. It's a reciprocal relationship. It just keeps going around, going around and around and around. And I just really enjoy the sales side of it, honestly. But the claims is interesting. The claims, I love when you claims. find out the um the lengths that people go to the, it's uh, it's i'm i'm amazed all the time that people will yeah. fabricate yeah as much as they will i absolutely so one of the great things about claims is that the person that's calling you is not having a good day so mm -hmm. every day you come to work as a claims adjuster you have the opportunity to do I some try good try to make someone happy you can make somebody happy every single day and sometimes it's as simple as i've had people break down and cry because i extended a rental day mm -hmm. one day good service and just saying hey your policy says this you're not at your limit i know you settled your claim on thursday 
I'm going to extend this through to Monday because I'm certain that there's things you have to do over the weekend with getting your new car together and looking for a car and just those little things. We don't have to be literalist. We interpret policy. Right. We don't, it's not a literal example. Now, there are some things that are explicitly excluded, but you want to interpret that and the tie should always go to the customer. Yeah. Now, and we get involved with that. We mm-hmm. sometimes have to call the adjuster and, and look, we've got disabled children. We've got all these things. Is there something we can do? Generally a young adjuster. Right. A seasoned professional. Um, one, I don't have time. Right. So I'm not going to be fussing with you over uh, an extra two hours to repair your car or an extra 50 bucks on your paint. What they pay me, what I would train my adjusters is how much do I pay you an hour? Break your salary down to the hour. You got that much leeway. Right. So don't call me. If it's within that hour, don't call me. Right. Now, if the customer's abusing the situation, do it. Document why you did it. Help the client. Help them. And even with your claimant, where we're at fault, it's a person who may buy our policy and never have an accident for 20 years. So sell them. Your service is selling us premium. So if this person, then most people don't have accidents every day. Mm-hmm. So with your service, you can sell somebody to say, you know what? I'm going to switch to X, Y, and Z company. And most people after an accident get very. Oh, that's the cause. Right. <laughs> get very timid and start driving very safe. So most people won't have an accident for five or 10 years. Not one they cause. So I think a lot of claims adjusters attempt or start out being adversarial. You don't have to be. Right. The person's having a bad day already. Right. How can we help you? Yeah, how can we help you? Here, within the limits of this policy. Yeah. And that's why we read the policy to the client. That's why I want my customers to read my adjusters. Read the policy to the client. Because most people have never read their policy, ever, until they're in an accident, they're stressed, they don't really know. I mean, I've had claims with lawyers who handle losses, and you're like, you know, mind, you're like, you don't know how to read a policy. You're a, you handle this stuff all the time, so they, you know, you have to help and people. That's out. what I love to do. I love to read the fine print. I do too. I love to read the fine print. I do too. To me, that's where the deals are. That's where the deals that's are. That's where they hide the good stuff. That's the language. I think that we is where they hide the offline good stuff. we were talking about the new language for rental car coverage. Mm-hmm. It's no longer uh, ninety days or no thirty days or nine hundred dollars. It is now a few days after your car is repaired on okay. total losses. Yeah. They stop it. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's Oh, it's been you, like that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, when you when we make the we offer the settlement, you have forty eight like hours, hours yep. or something. We made the settlement. You have forty eight hours to buy a new car, to whatever you're gonna do. You have forty eight hours, and we need the car to be and turned back. Where in. I used to be able to say, "All right, take a week." You paid us. This is the part right, that you've already paid. You for the paid coverage. us for this coverage. Take a week, and then we have to cut it off. But really, um, I've had people who are savvy enough to be like, "Yeah, just go ahead and stroke me that check. I'm gonna get my own rental car." I got $900 worth of policy limits. Oh. Stroke the check. Oh, so whether they really got it or not. Don't matter. They paid well, for it. Well, right. They're entitled to. Give me my money up front. So, okay. So we covered that. Anything? Do you have anything left that you want to cover? Biggest stuff. Let me see. What, do, 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 do. Material misrepresentation we covered. I'm trying to think of what else that I have from a claim. Oh, just um, if you want stuff from your claims adjuster. Be nice. I don't care. That's in life. I don't care that the guy hits you drunk. If everybody's okay, be nice. And that claims adjuster, because he's getting yelled at or she's getting yelled at all day, every day. The body shop's yelling at her. The hospital's yelling at her. Her boss is probably getting on her. If you be nice, I guarantee you, you'll get way more value out of this experience than you would have thought. So I say be nice. Yeah. I mean, I think that works for almost everything. I agree. Just be nice. Just be nice. How about be honest and be nice? Be honest. We're be trying nice. to help you, whether it's the, I'm, I know you think we're against you. I think, I know you think insurance, <laughs> I am not personally against anybody. And so let's, can we address that? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That is a well-earned stigma because 
um, particularly in African American and in immigrant circles, the insurance They're person came, took your money, and didn't want to deliver on a claim. So even when I told my grandmother in '96 I was going to get into insurance, she was like, "What? Right? You want to be the insurance man?" I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm going." I to heard that too. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, this, this, we're going to pay claims. And she was like, yeah, they don't pay claims. But I, uh, I, you know, I am not trying to take advantage of people. So Me when either. I get in the middle, I have to remind the customer, I'm not gaining personally at all. I'm not going to get anything additional mm. from helping you and not helping you. I want to make you as happy as possible and get as much for you as I can. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is the big myth. Okay. Claims people don't get a percentage of what's saved by not paying out a claim. We're, right. we're paid a salary. Right. You don't if if you have a total loss, you think your vehicle is worth forty thousand dollars and I settle it for thirty, I don't get a piece of that ten. Right. Exactly. So I, a lot of people believe that. Right. That we are getting a commission off of lowering a claim. No, we got a salary. Exactly. I got salary, I got sick days, I got and we get paid customer vacations. service ratings. We get so uh, that's it, everything. The more now. we tick you off. Mm-hmm. And the more you don't grade us well, that costs us more. So it's better for us to try to help you. Yep. Try to lessen your pain. And that's um, in your claims adjuster's um, yearly review. Yes. Yeah. Our cl- so initially I, at our company, they didn't really look at claims that way. They weren't graded on a customer service scale like the agents were. Oh, we have been now. for 20 years. Yeah. But now, now, yes, now our claims adjusters and that has helped make our lives and the sales side easier. It helped us and hers. I had to fire a couple of people because they were fudging numbers on mm, the uh, mm. customer surveys. Yeah. Yeah. So you, oh, it's, yeah, we, it's ours is fudge proof. Yeah. They had to take it away. To, yeah, it goes directly to the client. We don't know who gets the survey and who does not. We don't know what time, what day. We don't know how you respond. And if you want to respond and be anonymous, we do not see names of who replied. So what, how our guys were doing it was at notice of loss, when they take your claim, mm-hmm. they, um, they'll put the claim, the email address in. All surveys were emailed. And if you know you were having a bad experience, the survey didn't go out until the claim closed. So instead of saying uh, kaiwilson at gmail.com, the claims adjuster may go kaiwilson at gmail.com. So a survey would never go out. Delivered. Right. So once we figured that out, we had that. But that's an integrity issue. Right. That right. person, if they'll do that, they'll steal money. Uh, well, how about ours is handled by a third-party company? So we have no access to anything, period, most, point blank. Most companies went that way. Yeah. Where either you can't change it, or but with social media, I mean, so at one point before I left, I was in charge of, for, for Nationwide, looking at, they would send me all of our Twitter stuff and all of our Facebook stuff, and your CEO can pull that. He can just, you know, pull up the Facebook app for the company, and he could see all these bad reviews oh, yeah. from Cincinnati, from San Francisco, and sometimes they'll call. Hey, this is such and such from the home office. What's going on with this lady? She's saying that she's got a kid in a wheelchair and we didn't want to give her a van. Mm, that's bad publicity. I mean, I had to have, we had a claim for, I think it was Oprah's assistant one time. And I was like, yeah, no, you give her whatever it is she wants. <laughs> Cause, that's just not intelligent. Right. <laughs> because if, if Oprah gets, this is when Oprah should, this is that progressive. We had a claim with Tupac Shakur when he, the BMW that he was shot in. Oh, wow. And had to call, yeah, had to call because they sent it to Atlanta to get handled. We had to call and tell them to block it because all the adjusters, and I'm, I mean, I I couldn't have been more than 30 something at the time, but we had a bunch of fresh out of college kids were looking at the pictures and sharing the pictures. Oh, yes. People, claims adjusters are people. I say that to let people know claims adjusters are people too. We, most of us love what we do. I loved it. I'm sure my wife loved it because I got to pretty much argue and hassle, haggle all day at work. And didn't bother her when you got no, home? No, didn't bother her at all when I got <laughs> home because I love to haggle. That is, it's, it's a joy to me to do that. I love Let it. Let me keep selling. I, don't, I do not like to haggle. I love it. I, I love the whole kids. negotiating. I love preparing for it. I love getting beat at it because then it means, man. That you got to sharpen your skills. Right. He got me. Got me. I didn't get what I wanted. Right. Oh, wow. Mm, we're opposite that way. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're opposite that way. 
please don't haggle me. I shut down. I walk off. I'm done. I, I don't want to go back and forth more than two or three times. I'm finished. Yeah. So as I've gotten older and and I've got myself what we call, I guess, better funded, <laughs> I don't haggle no more. It's like, man, I want that. I'm buying that. Even when I bought my new truck. I haven't bought a truck in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Had the cash to buy the truck. Yes, I was... Trying to help you with that yes, purchase. Yes. You do not want to hear what I had to say about that credit. I was like, Wayne, and they're not going to let you do it that way. And what happened? You were like, yes, I am. Yes, I was like, Wayne, they're not going to. You tried. were right. I they, was they, right. I do this the man for pulled, a living. The guy said, hey, uh, let's get a soda. I said, huh? He said, come with me to the soda machine. to warn you. He was like, brother, you He's can't. Like, I'm going to pay cash. You can't pay cash. You're not going to get the good deal if you pay cash. Because I'm going to get paid off of the finance. I'm not getting paid off you paying cash. Mm-hmm. Don't give these people all that money. And they don't give you the best deal. No. You pay cash, you don't get the cheapest no. deal. That's not how you it works not. anymore. Because no. they make so much money off of you financing. The warranty. The gap. The the, the, fi- the finance company is so... Oh, no, no, no. They called not. me back. Mm-hmm. Said, Mr. Swanson, please make eight payments. Here's the math. If you make eight payments, we'll make eight something 59 that's all we're gonna make i put so much down on i was like man look i ain't had a car note in 20 some years uh i think when i let when i last had a car note it was 325 dollars i want a 325 dollar car play the game so i played the game and i appreciate you i played (laughs) i was pissed off and i told you that exact thing i said wayne just finance the car and pay it off pretty quick but you had yeah you got to make like six payments yes and then but it I'm helped your credit, too. It, it helped your credit. But it, that ticked me off because I don't have any debt. So I end up with this uh, car note. My credit jumped 50 points. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? Yes, 46 points got, because I got some debt. Last week, I, we talked about credit. My mm-hmm. last show was credit. I just did my credit history, but I had figured out a lot about credit. So yeah. that is coming up, y'all. I'm, I'm going to do a trailer. I'm going to get you guys ready. We're going to tackle credit, but... Anyway, what I like. this was about insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to say thank you very You're much very for welcome. coming. I appreciate you for thank being you on the show me. with me. I want you to give your own plug sure. about the farm, how sure. to find you, what you sell, what you offer. Absolutely. You can find us on all platforms, Swanson Family Farm. He's probably YouTube. even on Twitter. Yeah, I am on the Twitter. Twitter. I call him the Twitters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Google. The uh, farm website is Swanson Family Farm LLC.com. But if you type Swanson Family Farm in, it'll pull up. We raise clean, grass fed beef, pork, lamb, and honey. And Oh, you're going to say honey now? Well, there's a caveat. The honey now goes to our whole cow customers. Oh, so if you buy a whole cow okay. from us, you're in the honey. There you go. Um, so that's it. How now, about eggs? Eggs, we have, excuse me. Yes, we have eggs. Okay. Um, I don't advertise eggs because the chickens are there to help us with the um soil regeneration so that's part of our process and this stuff i go over in the youtube series how we're able to be clean how we're able to be smellless if you've been out to our place if you're from a place like me evanston illinois smack dab in the middle of the city (laughs) watch his youtube videos or his lives i learn so much from his videos it is better than national geographic it's better to me because I know the person. So I kind of feel like I'm I'm there. I'm in tune. But um, yeah, watch his YouTubes and his lives. You learn a lot from his videos. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No much problem. success. Thank you for coming. Thank I you. So um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. This was an insurance-based episode. Like I said, my next insurance um, episode will probably be life insurance. I'm going to try to tackle that one in an entire episode by itself. It's a lot to cover. Again, follow me on social media at Ready, Set, Free on YouTube. I am Ready, Set, Free on Facebook, and I'm Ready.Set.Free on Instagram. I'm working on the Twitter job, but don't hold your breath. I'm working on the Twitters and um, we have a you we have the video will be coming up here. So you will be able to actually see me uh, later this month. We've got our first recorded podcast on the schedule. So enjoy that. And until then, everybody have a great evening. If you have any questions for me or Wayne, you can get in touch with us. I'll put his information in the comments So you can go right from the platform that you're listening on and link right to his um, contact information. 
So thank you very much, Wayne. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. And everybody have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. Good night.